Well, happy almost weekend to all. It is Friday. That means it's time for another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. Uh, this is Andrew, and I'm glad to be with everyone. And as you know, Adam, I am super uh, pumped for the show that we have for you today uh, because this is a this is a show that I've been wanting to do for the better part of a year, if not more. And finally, things came together the end of June for me to go to Nashville, Tennessee, and to meet Wally from The Wally Show. And Adam is very familiar with the show. He actually uh, loads the show into the uh, computer or whatever for JQ99 here in Holland, Michigan. And so he and I will often discuss Wally's bits, Wally's comedy when we come in to record together when we're off mic, and so I've been talking about wanting to go down and meet Wally and meet Betty Rock and Zach, and I was hoping to meet Becca, but she was on vacation, so I'll have to write her an email and pass on my regrets that we were unable to meet, but they're just a great bunch of people down there. I really appreciate the fact that they're the same off mic as they are on mic. They're genuine people. I just wanted to tell them to, you know, throw on some reruns and let's go out and get some barbecue but i uh <laughs> i didn't have quite enough courage for that but i'm very excited to share this interview um but before we do that let's not get too far ahead of ourselves and adam why don't you share with us our quote of the day our very brief quote of the day this comes from john eleven thirty five. jesus wept and the reason that this is the quote of the day is because it is wally's uh favorite verse and as we get into this interview uh, he will share with you a little bit about why that is, and it's a little deeper than you may think. So without further ado, let's roll the interview with Wally. All right, well, I am actually here on location in Franklin, Tennessee. I uh, just got a chance to watch Wally from The Wally Show work his magic live, and as well as do some pretty fun podcast stuff. So I'm very excited now to have the opportunity to interview him. Uh, for my podcast, Wally, thank you for taking the time uh, to appear on the Speaking for Him podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Did you learn what not to do in radio by watching me? Anything you're like, um, oh, I would never well, do that. Well, I just have to say, I learn what not to do every time I listen to the podcast. <laughs> well, good <laughs> just, for you. Just throwing that out there. But I'm I'm very thrilled to be able to spend a little time with you. Thank you. What yeah. uh, what number of podcasts is this for you? This will be podcast number 149, I believe. In well, the that's exciting. I, I generally don't throw out the numbers because because little known secret because podcasting isn't live i usually record way ahead and mm-hmm. so sometimes i do some switchamaroos yeah so i try not to uh give myself away too much but occasionally that happens yeah um because i'm thinking <laughs> like i want to be 150 like that would have been really awesome to be podcast 150 and you know if, if, under uh, you know a few months ago i might or a few weeks ago i might have told i might have made the switch but i I've decided to do some very special things. Oh, uh, well, more special than this? Well, n- not necessarily. Boy, this more is not special, going well. <laughs> but, but related to the people that have helped me throughout the 150 episodes. Just, oh, cool! It's exciting to have actually put together content for that many straight Fridays, and uh, just really want people. Uh, you know, I'm just excited to have people going to the website or iTunes or Stitcher to to. Uh, hear more of the podcast and to let their friends know about it so that uh, we can get more people to know about it. And 
it's really neat to uh, to be able to uh, interview somebody that's at the very least well known. I know you like to say that you're not that big of a deal, and <laughs> actually, that's actually one of the things that I like about you because you are a very real person, and from interacting with you live, I can really tell, um, even though I already suspected it, that uh, who you are behind the mic is the same person you are when you're not behind the mic, which is refreshing. I appreciate so, that. So thank you for that. Because that's something that I've honestly tried, like, to do. Like, I always, I always, one of the things that I learned early on, like, in doing this job, was that everyone treats the artist, like, the celebrity great, but then all the people around them, the guys in the band or the, the you know, the record people or the roadies, they never treated them as well. And so I consciously made a decision. I'm like, I'm going to treat everyone around the artist with the same respect that I treat that artist. And because they, they deserve it, you know, they are working hard to make that thing happen, too. And so I try to be that guy, that same guy on the air and off the air, you know, with people, you know, as much as you can. And as much as you rib the people that you work with oh, on yeah. the show... I know that it comes from a place of great respect for one another, and uh, I think it would really be a fun show to work on. You know, yeah, these guys that I work with, like honestly, like I, the thing is, my name's on the show, okay. Which, by the way, for the record, I did not name the show. I was forced to have the name the Wally Show. I wanted something else weirder or more bizarre, and they were when we when we built the show. They're like, no, you need to be the Wally Show, but you change one of the people in our mix, and the show is different. And the show is what it is, and it's gotten, like, successful, which is cool, but it is what it is because of all the people that touch it. And that's, you know, obviously Zach and uh, Betty Rock and Becca. It's it's because of them that the show works, and they each have their own skill set, and they do it very well. And sometimes, like, like Betty is, you know, her skill set is humor and and just that heart inside of the show uh becca her skill set is kind of not letting me get away with too much and kind of keeping me in check you know in a fun way but then also when, when she does news like to deliver that and do a good job with that and to be funny and then zach's job is to be that voice of reason and sometimes protect me from myself and the things that i want to do or the angles i want to go he's really good at going well let's rethink this maybe this isn't the best he's a real tactician you know and stuff and so i respect them all for different reasons they're all kind of like my kids well, that that's great, and it really does take a, a, a wide variety of people to uh, be successful. The very fact that I'm able to be sitting here in Franklin uh, talking to you is because I have my brother uh, who is willing to take time off from a job to be, be here and my friend Bob who's uh, uh, traveling with us as well, and it wouldn't have happened without them. So, uh, And everything that I get to do is because of, of people – working with me when I get done with this interview I'm going to email it to my executive producer on my podcast and he's going to make it sound even better well wow, I don't even have one of, of those and it's I mean and, and every once in a while I just kind of pinch myself because the very fact that not only do I have a podcast but I have an executive producer is pretty amazing and that's one of the things uh, that we're going to talk a little bit more about in the 150th episode because he has really put a lot of work into the show and it wouldn't be i probably would have fizzled out after probably 30 or 35 if it wasn't for the fact that i got to work directly with somebody who knows radio who knows what they're doing and i know that adam mcnutt is super jealous of me right now and wishes <laughs> that he could be on the other side of the table 
executive producing this episode live so that he could get a chance to interact with you, Wally, because we often talk about the bits on your show together when I come in to record because he, he loads your show for my local station. Did, did so you say he loads or loathes? Loads. Loads. Okay, with a D. That's let's, let's, let's very make sure that's, that's clear. Yeah, very <laughs> very similar. Sounded the same. Subtle, but a huge difference. He definitely. It's kind of like the difference between a period and a comma or mm-hmm. uh, or an apostrophe or not an apostrophe. Or that or Discover card things. commercial, fraud protection. Mm-hmm. Frog protection? Yes. Fraud protection. I think we're on the same page. <laughs> that's a great one. Um, well, I... I've heard you allude to it uh, uh, off and on on the show because you're very open. But could you uh, tell our audience a little bit about your growing up years? Yeah, I mean, I grew up uh, in a Christian home, like good family, no drama, you know, nothing crazy. And just, you know, went to a Christian high school. But I didn't always... I was that kid that got like got saved every uh, year at the... Uh, uh, spiritual emphasis week we called it you know because like oh i don't want to go to hell and so they bring somebody in that would scare you to death and be like okay i gotta get saved but then when i got out and and went to college and then started working i just kind of drifted way away from my faith and and things that i you know i i didn't know that i believed anymore you know from when i was a kid and so it's kind of like my faith kind of had to become my own years later and and but what happened was is it ca- I had to ask questions and I had to have doubts and a lot of times people think doubts or questions are bad but if you're searching for the answer it can lead you to good things and it's not I don't think God fears our our questions and our fears and our doubts he's bigger than all of that but I got into mainstream radio and it just kind of killed my faith killed my soul you know, it just I, I became this angry, bitter, jaded person, and it's taken me years to get back to a semblance of what I used to be as a kid, because I was always the happy, positive kid that not, I saw the best in everybody, and that changed when I started working in radio. I saw only the worst in people, and I let it affect me. It wasn't necessarily true, but it was what I chose to see, and so coming here from, from doing that has been a, a big deal because like sometimes people will say, well, oh, you do so many good things for people. But the reality is, is I think I think God has kept me here not so that I could do good things for other people. But I think it was I think he's kept me here for me to build my own faith and to keep me solid in that. And so it's just it's been this crazy, weird ride, but a good one. I, I think it, it's so interesting because for me, um, I grew up in a Christian home as well. And I had parents that loved me, that loved the Lord, that always told me that God had a plan for my life. I was born three months prematurely, and uh, um, I came to know the Lord when I was five. But then for the next nine years, I was having arguments with God and mad at God, because why did you put me in this wheelchair if you wanted me to serve you? Right. And if I had a, if I had a whole body and it, I wasn't a cripple, then I could do so much more. And... You know, it's funny, though, you mentioned that. I remember as a kid, I was, I think, in ninth grade, and we had had this speaker come by that was was disabled and in a wheelchair and was very powerful, very impressive. 
And I remember praying, and it's and, and I look back on it now, and I think I'm I'm glad God didn't answer that prayer for me. But I remember praying, God, if, if I just want to I want to serve you, and 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 if and if it means I have to be in a wheelchair, then that's great, you know. But the but the reality was is God knew my heart even back then, and my heart wasn't to serve Him. My heart was so that I could somehow do something great out of this wheelchair, and and the 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 uh, honor would be on me or the glory on me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, look what you've done. And so God didn't make that happen, you know, for me. And because my heart was wrong. Oh, absolutely. And we always have to check our motives. But I know for me, uh, I just was making excuses and making excuses. And and my rock bottom was when my three-month-old baby brother went to bed for a nap in 1992 when I was 13, and he never woke up. Oh, wow. And to that point, he had been my mom's healthiest baby, and there was no foreseeable reason why this should have happened and i remember just weeping in my mother's arms and saying god why did you take my healthy baby brother and leave me here when i'm completely useless oh wow that's heavy as a 13 year old kid and i don't know for sure if i would have committed suicide but that's as close to suicidal as i ever want to get and i'm thankful that i wasn't able to physically do that to ruin my life that way but God, through the next year, brought me out of it and showed me through the story of Moses that, hey, I made you. Because he said to Moses, who made your mouth? Right. I'm not I, the Lord. Because Moses said, I can't speak uh, for you. And God said, I have other plans. You can. And if you go, then I'll go with you. And he did great things uh, through Moses. It was put this way once. It was said, Moses spent 40 years in Egypt thinking he was somebody. Then he spent 40 years on the back of the desert realizing he was nobody, and then the last 40 years of his life, he learned that God can take a nobody and make him into a somebody. Mm -hmm. So I just really resonated with that story, and since I was about 14 years old, I committed that I would do whatever I could uh, to spread the gospel, and he's given me so many opportunities like this podcast and the opportunity to come here and meet you and, and spend some time with you, so... I'm just amazed at what he's done, and I look forward to the future because I know that even though I still have struggles, it wasn't like when I resigned myself to it, God took away the wheelchair. Right. He left the wheelchair, but he gave me hope in the wheelchair. Yeah. So that that's a really good thing. Um, all right. Well, and uh, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but can you tell us a little bit about your radio journey? What was it that propelled you to want to do radio in the first place? I failed at everything else in life. <laughs> that's that's how most people end up in radio. <laughs> now, I I I graduated uh, UCF University of Central Florida with a degree in communications, but it's like organizational communication had nothing to do with radio. And my mother in law, uh, who has since passed away, had said, "Well, why don't you, you should work in radio?" Like a few years before that, and I'm like, "I I don't know anybody, don't know anything about it. I can't ever see that happening." And I graduate. My wife had a friend that was selling uh, spots at a radio station, and she was like, oh, I I could get him in, I think, at least get him an interview. And so uh, I got an interview, and I actually uh, got noticed in my interview because I had sent a brown paper package with like just their address, no return address, written like wrapped up in, you know, uh, a paper bag. And I'd put like this clown music box in it. And so, uh, when you opened it up, 
it said I had a note the clown would pop out and it had a note that said I heard you like people that think out of the box how's this and the problem was when I sent this to them I had there was something in the box that was like ticking like like the the thing and they had just fired a disgruntled employee so they had to evacuate the building for Mm -hmm. my resume box which was awesome so they remembered me Uh. which was great but i i I totally they thought it was a bomb and so uh i got hired and sold radio and was the worst salesperson on the face of the planet i absolutely hated it but i had done some tv work before that um, and I knew production, and so I talked my way into a job uh, in the production department, and then from there, I was I, I wanted to do promotions too, where those people that go out and throw out T-shirts and have fun at different events where you see radio stations, and they took me on half there and half production, and so a buddy of mine that I worked with there, we came up with this character named Zippy the Happy Prize Guy that would throw prizes out and just be the life of the party kind of thing. And so that's how I started. Like, that's where I really got started. And then all of a sudden, clients started asking for me and not the jocks to come out because I made it fun. I didn't just sit there and sign autographs. Like, it was like a party with, with what what we did. And so then the the people at the radio station I worked at in Orlando were like, oh, wow, we can make money off this. And, and he's kind of funny. Let's give him a show. And so I got a show. And then that led to another show and another show and moving all around the country. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm here 21 years later. Yeah, I always find it interesting because sometimes some of these stories from the outside looking in, they seem like overnight successes. <laughs> oh, no. But it's not the one night. Uh-uh. Uh, it's not the one big night. It's the thousand and one nights before the big night that really people don't see. Dude, I've done every horrible job at a radio station. So. I like it's just part of it. Like I had done I for a while I was working on a morning show making no money, but I was just happy to be on the show. And I would do still do promotions at night. We used to do this gig at a club in Daytona Beach, which was like an hour or two from our from our uh office. So I would go out to that event till 1 or 2 in the morning, drive back, and then sleep for an hour, and then do the morning show, and then do my full next day. So I was working like 22-hour days, and but it was like, all right, whatever. You know, it was, it was just I was happy to be working in the business. I couldn't believe I was getting paid to do this nonsense, you know? <laughs> oh, so it's definitely, you got to pay your dues. Yeah, I, I, I know that uh, it's kind of funny because some people say, well, what would be your... Uh, dream dream job in radio, and I said, "Well, doing middays." And mm-hmm. I've talked to morning sleeping in, <laughs> and they're like, "They're like, yeah, I would love to do middays, but I'm I'm doing mornings, which is kind of interesting because in a way, mornings are kind of the in seen as the premier show because that's when people listen and yeah, it's your number one you, show. You get all the people going to work and stuff, but on the other hand, like you said. You know, getting up early, way before the crack of dawn. Oh, yeah. So you can be on the radio when people wake up. That's got to be a challenge. There is something cool about it, though. Like, especially, like, I've worked in places where I was in a high-rise overlooking the city, and there's something cool about waking up with the city when you work in one market and you're not syndicated and you feel part of that city. It's it's really cool. Like, I, I, I enjoyed that, but I hated – I go to bed at 9 o'clock every night, and I'm, like, religious about it. Because I get up at three something, and so it just it hurts. But I'm done with my day, like 
I get a break in the middle of the day. Like I get home at one o'clock or so and I have lunch with my wife, which is awesome. And then I'll see my daughter when she gets home from school. But then I go back and work at the house for another couple hours, you know, doing email and stuff. Because the the part of this job that people don't see is there is a lot of, of ministry that happens um, and interacting with people. And pe- you're meeting people on some really dark days and they need your answer now. And so it's it's turned into like this counseling job which was something that I wasn't expecting early on when we uh when I signed up for this and when I was like yeah I'll do this job but that just became what it was you know and 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 it's great I I'm thankful for it okay um could you tell us a little bit about how uh you know you talked a little bit about your mainstream radio gigs and working crazy 22 hour days and stuff like that can you tell us a little bit about how uh, things changed for you and how you got serious with God and then that led you to Way FM. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I had, I, it's weird. I had been working in radio. I took two years off to write cartoons and I loved doing that. It was fun. But then the company I was working for, they didn't grow and it was like, well, I, I can't, I can't keep doing this and I needed to go back to radio. And it was, what was weird is during that two years, my faith had, had grown again and I'd grown closer to God and my wife was really happy with that. And then I remember telling her, honey, I need to go back to work so we can make money and make a living. And I got to go back to mainstream radio and I got a job offer from this station in Atlanta. And I remember her crying cause you know, she was like, I know she knew what that meant. She meant I was back into that world where I was going to be angry and just, it just a part of some really bad things. And, I remember kind of trying to make a deal with God as we do, which is always so funny. I was like, you know, God, I'll I'll go do this, but let's just keep and I'll and I'll still serve you and I'll still go to church and let's just keep the whole Christian thing on the down low. And three days into it, the show I was on was very liberal and had this bent kind of against faith. And they said something and I spoke up. And from that day on, I was labeled as the crazy right wing Christian and and the funny thing was, is I wasn't, you know, at all, but I was way more conservative than them. And so in in that world, it was tough because I didn't balance my faith well. I got pulled more into their their world and the negative side of things and being part of things that I had to do for my job. And, and I can't blame it all on my job. It was things I was like, oh, this will be funny. But it was wrong. It was crude. It was part of the problem with radio, you know, and stuff. And so it was this constant inner struggle between working there five days a week and then on Sundays teaching a um, a uh, 11th grade boys Sunday school class. And it, I remember one day these kids going, oh, my gosh, that thing you did uh, on the show today with the strippers was really funny. And it was like, it was like, oh, my gosh, because I was like, guys, I told you not to listen to my show. And it's like, I'm a hypocrite. I'm a massive hypocrite going, well, don't listen to this, but I'm part of this. And I'm supposed to be teaching you about like God on Sundays, but I'm not living that the rest of the week. And so that was that cycle where something had to give. And my wife was amazing. She, she goes, she goes, you know what? She goes, you keep doing these circles with God and you're going to continue to do that and drag our family through this the rest of your life until you decide the man you're going to be. But the thing that she did for me was, she goes, I will love you either way. Doesn't matter which way you choose. I'm still going to love you. So she, there was no pressure, no pushing me to this one way. She let me make that decision. And, and, and knowing that 
she wasn't going to judge me or, you know, leave me as part of this, help me make the right decision, you know? And it was like, no, you're right. I am playing games with God. I need to get this right. And so then I started going, well, I'll, I'll, I've got this big resume and I've made tons of money and the Christian uh, radio company should be glad to hear from me and glad to have me. And nobody wanted me. Nobody wanted me. I had had a guy that works at a big Christian station. He heard about a bit we did and emailed us about what horrible people and sinners we were because it made all the trades. And like, I had never met the guy. And so then I start talking about getting into Christian radio and he emails me and is like, yeah, maybe we should talk about this. I've heard that you're uh, somebody I'd, I'd, I'd like to talk to. I'm like, no, just you know, a few months ago, you said I was the worst person on the face of the planet, so I'm probably not going to work for you. And uh, and so then that was it. I didn't have anything. And a consultant friend of mine said, hey, there's this place called Way FM, and they, I think, will take a chance on you where no one else will. And they did. And it's amazing that I'm still here eight years later because they should have fired me a bunch of times. I should have left a bunch of times, but it just, God had a bigger plan and he kept me here. And I'm thankful to this day that he did because the beginning years of when we did total access were not uh, good. Like I, I handled people very differently than I should have. You know, if someone came at me because they hated me, people hated me. Christians hated me. And they would tell me on the on the phone and uh, in the emails. And it was crazy because I didn't think I was doing anything that outrageous, you know. And so then when they hated me, I just hated back on them. And so then it was always these fights and it was all this negativity. And it wasn't until years later of being here that I realized that I need to learn to be or to extend grace to people that weren't extending it to me. And that's not an easy thing to do, but that was a massive lesson that I had to learn here. But unfortunately, I, I learned it slowly. But fortunately, my uh, company, this ministry, allowed me to, to make the mistakes and learn the hard way. And that's such a good picture of the Christian life because we, we like to think that um, we're not, we'll, we'll, we'll say to ourselves we're not perfect, but then we expect everybody else to be perfect. Right. And so... Uh, the fact that that Way FM was able to extend grace to you uh, speaks volumes for them as a Christian company. Oh yeah, to say this is about him growing, not just about having a DJ in the chair. Because if it was about having a DJ in the chair that they liked, like you said, they could have replaced you any number of times. Because there are certain markets where it is volatile, where people just have revolving chairs, and you yeah. don't know how long. Get and it's usually because the station got an email from somebody that didn't like something they did, and they fire them. You know, it's crazy how how knee, like how stations will knee jerk for things. It's funny too because Zach, I hired him two months after I got here, and he and I have worked together for eight years. Uh, he's the longest person I've ever worked with, and uh, his everyone in his life told him not to take the job because they're like he's going to get fired in three months. He won't be there three months. You're going to move there, and you're going to lose your job. And we laugh about it because it's eight years later. But the funny thing is, is he and I both within the last three months just signed up for 401k here because we always thought we were going to get fired. And so eight years later, we signed up for 401k. I'm like, the money I could have made uh, in eight years on my 401k, but I always thought I was going to get canned. And so I never did it. It was stupid. All right. Well, as as we kind of wrap things up, let's talk a little bit about the Wally show. Um what would you say is your favorite part of doing the Wally show? 
Um, it's it's getting to create things that make people laugh, you know, because there's so much healing and humor. And I know there have been people that have accused me of being too surface, and you don't say Jesus enough times in a break, you know. And, and believe it or not, I actually get those emails. And, you know, I thought you, this was a Christian station, and you guys are talking about American Idol, you know. So inside of all of that, when we do the lighthearted things and it makes someone laugh— there's so much healing in that, and I love hearing the stories back from people. Like this one guy, we were talking about naming our cars one day, and how Zach's car is named the Topanga, and just little, it's just a nothing break about nothing serious. And he he hit me up, and he's like, dude, he's like, you know, I laughed so hard today at y'all's conversation about the cars, and I kind of blew it off. I'm like, oh, cool, thanks, I appreciate that. I'm glad, you know, thank you. But he goes, no, 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 stop. He goes, you don't understand. He goes, my daughter was killed in a car wreck six months ago, and I haven't laughed since then. And today was the first day I laughed, and it made me feel something again. And it was like, oh, my gosh. But the crazy part of that story is, as that guy was emailing me and talking to me about laughing, there was another guy that heard the exact same break that was saying how wrong this was on a Christian station and how frivolous and what a waste of time uh, that we had just done with with the opportunities that God has given us to share the gospel, and we squandered that. And I remember him calling and me going, man, like, you're taking the fun out of this. You're stealing the thunder out. I said, you're stealing my thunder out of this. And this guy literally said, oh, that's the problem. It's not your thunder. It's God's thunder. And it was just, just such the exact opposite of of the healing that this guy experienced and the joy and then you've got this guy that's just wants to be angry every day and prove that he's so self-righteous. And to me, it was like that was one of the greatest moments that I've ever had on this show because it showed me how important humor is. And I've, I've had that same type of story repeated countless times. I have people repeat those stories way more to me than the ones of I had a white light God moment. And so that's why, to me, the funny stuff, it when you have those God moments— you just get out of the way and let God do it because it's going to be amazing. But they stand out then. When you're doing humor and stuff, the God moments stand out. When you're always so heavy and it's always, you know, Jesus. And did we say Jesus enough? I think we did. Let's say Jesus one more time just to make sure that uh, some of the oversaved people don't email us today. It becomes the background noise and you miss out on it when you do have those big moments. And so that's why it's about balance for me. But that is without a doubt the, the best thing for me is trying to make people laugh. Well, I, d- I definitely uh, agree with you there because I think sometimes we get too segmented in our culture. Like we, we say we're Christians, we need to be separate. And there are definite ways in which we need to be separate because God tells us to live separate and holy lives. But we also have to live within the culture that we're living in and we have to be real and we have to realize that people in all segments of life need the hope of Christ. So it's not just about oh, they're just a celebrity. One of the things I really like that you do is when you talk about the least of these from Hollywood and you talk about these Hollywood stars, because on the surface, like maybe the first couple of times I heard, I'm like, why is he doing this? But as I started to listen more, I was like, he's talking about these people like they're real people. And and it, they are real people, and that's what's so exciting. I remember, uh, this is going to sound kind of funny, but you probably understand it because you do this all the time, but um, when... Uh, Michael Jordan um, was experiencing uh, relationship problems with his first wife. I just remember thinking, 
my first thought is this is just another celebrity marriage on the rocks. And then my second thought was Michael Jordan's a person. I'm going to pray for him that his that his marriage gets reconciled because he's a person. And it did get reconciled briefly, and then they ended up breaking it off, which was sad. But the point of it for me was he's a real person. Right. And sometimes with these celebrities, you you start to re- you start to think, well, they're not very real. And so I like I definitely like the least of these. And I think that's an important part of your show. So I wanted you to know that I appreciate it. Oh, well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate so, you taking the time and having me on the old podcast. All right. Well, uh, we just have a couple more things. First of all, do you have a, a favorite Bible verse that's kind of been like a, uh, something that motivates you to come in and do your show every day or just in other areas of your life? I know it's going to sound like a cop-out, but it's, it's the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. And the the entire reason for that is the the context of the story behind it. Like we we always cherry pick Bible verses for things, but it's the context that's so important. And what I love about this story is, you know, Jesus is going there, and and Mary and Martha want him to heal Lazarus, their brother, and so he's going there, and he gets delayed, and and Lazarus dies, and they're so angry because they had such faith. They're like, you could have been here, you could have saved him, and they knew it in their heart that he could have saved him, but. They saw their predicament and their their circumstance not like Jesus saw it. You know, Jesus saw it completely different. They saw it as the end, and now it's done. But Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew the glory that was going to happen. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew that the world was going to see something that they had never seen before. He knew that God was going to get glorified from this. All of that he knew, but in the moment that he was there with them, and they're just, you know, angry with him, he knew he couldn't tell him that part of the plan yet. And I think it broke his heart. I think it hurt him to not be able to tell them that. And despite knowing the outcome that he knew was going to happen. And so I think that that shows his humanity. It shows that he hurts for us. But the plan isn't always this fun thing that we go through. But ultimately, it is better in the long run. But it might not feel like it at the time. And so that's why I've always loved that verse and that story. It kind of reminds me of the of the story of uh, Jesus in the garden when he asks his his inner circle, Peter, James, and John, to watch with him while he prays, and he's in agony. And on the surface, you're like, he's God; he knows what's going to happen. Right? Why would he cry out for human companionship? Right. But in that moment, like you said, for some in some strange way, which we cannot comprehend, he he was the only person to be a hundred percent human. And 100% God. And so in that moment, his humanity needed his friends, regardless of whether what the outcome was going to be, which he knew what it was going to be. Right. And even crying out to his father and saying, if it be possible, remove this cup from me, when he knew it was impossible. He had to go to the cross. And he knew the joy that was set before him when he went to the cross. But he still, from a human perspective, did not want to go. And that's just one of those things that... When you sit back and think about it, it's it's mind blowing to really consider. Um, well, it's been great to be able to sit down with you and and do this interview. I'm very thrilled that you took the time and and I hope that if there's some things uh, in this interview um, that you uh, think would be prevalent that maybe you might share with your audience or at least let them know about the podcast. So that we can get some more listeners <laughs> and get some more opportunities to continue to spread the the love of God and the importance for Christians to to live like Christians because the world's getting darker and darker, and we need people to know a difference between 
the world in Christ in a, in a godly and loving way. But I thank you for, for taking the time. And um, I just want to know, in closing, if you have any final words of encouragement for my listeners as they seek to live out the most authentic Christian life they can. I think that for me, it's kind of like uh, Mark Hall once told me, he said, the world doesn't hate Christians because they make mistakes. They hate Christians because they make mistakes and pretend that they don't. I think that's the biggest thing. It's about living your life as authentically as you can, being honest with your own shortcomings and you know, being real with people. And that will make people gravitate towards you. Um, you know, not, not pretending that you have it all together because none of us do. And people know that it's like, it's, it's somehow we think it's a secret. It's not a secret to the rest of the world that we're a mess, you know? And so if you live your life like everyone else does, as far as just being honest about it and, and like, you don't have all the answers, I think you'll do more things for your faith and through your faith. And you might even see your own faith grow as a result of that. Cause there's something kind of freeing, about letting down some of those guards and those things that we think we have to do, those appearances that we think we have to keep up. Well, thank you very much again for joining us, Wally. I hope everybody in our listening audience has found something encouraging about this conversation. If you want to check out the Wally Show podcast, you can do that on iTunes. It's free, um, and it has a lot of their best bits from their morning show. And then also they have recently started doing a podcast a portion which has stuff that does not air on the show. So it's kind of exciting. I always get encouraged by it every day, and I would encourage you to check it out. Uh, Thanks for taking the time to listen to this. Have a great day. All right, and there you have it, my exclusive interview with Wally on The Wally Show. And I was really blown away just by the fact that he was able to allow me to record it right there in the studio. I didn't have to worry about whipping out the old iPhone or... (laughs) any other recording contraption, which is really good because I'm sure the quality of the interview was aided that I was able to actually record it in the studio at Way FM. And so thank you, Wally, for that. So, Adam, unfortunately, you weren't able to accompany me on this trip. One of these days, we're going to have to do a business trip together so we can, you know, work together on some of these podcast adventures uh, remotely. But uh, what were your thoughts about this interview? I thought... It was great. Uh, I got to give you props. You did awesome. You always do. And I got to say, I I love how you were really able to get to know Wally, not just as a DJ, but as a person. Like he was able to share so much about his life and us as the listener was able to get to know more. Favorite, favorite, favorite part besides him getting the new job and his new employees thought he was trying to bomb the building with his <laughs> with his writing letter. Yes, that, that, that was, was awesome. that was good. Not not the greatest way to start the job, but hey, it worked. Um, I love what he was talking about with humor. I thought that was so good. There is a healing to humor, and of course, you know, you never want anything to to go over God's place. God's got to be in control and go first. But there is something about humor that can just bring joy and light to even the hardest of situations. And I love how they're using what God has given them to do just that. That's so connected with me. Well, you know, I always liked humor. And one of the things that you always ask yourself is, am I compromising enjoying this humor? Mm -hmm. And I even told Zach uh, when I was there, uh, I'm name dropping. I know. (laughs) But uh, I told, I told, I told Zach when I was there during a break, I said, one of the things that I noticed when I, uh, started listening to the Wally show is this was 
that it was kind of similar to a local morning talk show that my uncle kind of likes, but that isn't nearly as clean. Like, um, they would always revert to the, to the crass or the irreverent yeah. in order to create their humor. And the Wally show kind of turns that on its head and says, we can honor God and have a blast doing it. Yep. And I really think that, that God did create humor. He talks about in Ecclesiastes that there is a time to laugh and also that a merry heart does good like a medicine. So there's definitely a place for humor. And I think that, um, God is pleased when we can use humor to reach people. And, um, you just heard one example of how it had a profound impact on somebody. And just to, just to think that something as innocent as that discussion could change somebody's life just really, uh, spoke, spoke to me and, and, uh, reinforced, uh, the, the freeform Friday idea of what we do here, because I really have always had, uh, in my heart to want to do more humor but not to take away from the other stuff we do on the podcast and so the freeform friday allows us a little more liberty to get some stuff in that we wouldn't fit in otherwise because it's hard to go from an extremely serious topic to then swing around and, and talk humor yes um but i definitely respect the wally show for being able to um do uh such a good job at, at Mixing both. I, I just say I had a really great time with each of them. I wish I had a little bit more time to talk to Betty Rock, but, uh, but sometimes we don't give everything that we want. And, uh, but she is, uh, just as sweet as she sounds on the radio. And when she finally does find someone, that's going to be one lucky guy right there. I just have to say, <laughs> but, uh, that is about all I have for you today here on the Speaking Firm podcast. Be sure to join us next week. I am super pumped about next week's episode uh, because as great as this show was, and Wally, uh, you were great on this show, um, but the 150th episode is a major milestone. So we're very excited here on Speaking for Him to share with you that episode next week. So please stay tuned. Uh, it's going to be fun. We have a couple special guests coming in. Uh, there's going to be some uh, awards given out. And I'm just very excited um, to be able to recognize the people that have helped me put together this show. Because like I said before uh, and mentioned in the interview with Wally, if it was just me sitting in a room trying to do podcasts, I probably would have fizzled out a long time ago. But God is good. He's put a solid team in front of me uh, and behind me. And so we're going to keep doing this as long as we possibly can. And join us next week for episode 150. Thanks a whole lot, and as I always say, keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at Facebook.com slash Speaking For Him and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.